Hey, it's good to be here this morning. If you're wondering where Jim is, he is up north. Um, he's on some vacation. We all could use boo, right? <laughs> A well-deserved vacay. Um, I hope you could keep him, him and his, uh, his family in prayer as they just, just get away. All right. Um, I, I think a lot of the times, uh, the behind the work scenes as a pastor, uh, you guys don't see. Um, it, it's just, it's terrible. <laughs> Sometimes there's terrible seasons. Um, and, and so I, I think we're, we're both coming off a terrible season. Uh, as you guys know, 2020 brings that um, along with whatever the aftermath was. All right. And, and so, uh, but hey, uh, I always forget to introduce myself. So my name is Brian. Uh, one of the pastors on staff, um, and uh, I'm just, we're going to be in this series called First John, and we are going to finish it today, all right, we are finishing it today, um, man, uh, I know some of you guys are excited about that, because next week, we're going to start Second John, all right, no, no, I, I really don't know what we're going to do next week, uh, but <laughs> we're still staying in John, uh, but hey, we're, we're going to finish this off, all right, and uh, I know you guys have seen this over, overall theme in First in John. And even in the Apostle John, right, the Gospel of John, you see this theme of uh, love God, right? Love God, extend that love to others, right? Uh, and, and John is so focused on your eternity, right? He's so focused on your eternity, and he's saying, man, if you understood the love of God and and how he has saved you, uh, how he wants you uh, to be with him forever. Man, I, I just hope you could see that. You could see past the present and just look towards the future. Right? Uh, and in, this, in, in these next few scriptures, we're going to see that uh, John actually doesn't look to the future as much. He's going to look at the present, the now. Uh, and so um, before I go any further, let me just pray for us. Uh, I just want you guys to be prepared. Uh, at the end of this sermon, um, there's going to be a time for you guys to pray. There's going to be three things you guys get to pray for, which we'll get to uh, in, in a couple of minutes. Um, but I'm just going to pray for us. Um, and I, I love what's going on um, just, just around the Christian circle as far as the revival goes. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to force that here on J-Road. Uh, because if the Spirit's going to move, He's going to move, all right, no matter what. All right, so uh, I, I just want you guys to be able to s listen to God's Word tonight. Uh, tonight, I'm, I normally speak to students at night, so if I use that, those terms. Uh, but I, I just want you guys just to listen, be open, um, and at the same time, just I, I pray that God convicts you. Uh, so let me pray for us. God, uh, as we finish out First John. Um, it's it's a it's a different theme than what we have seen in, in the previous weeks of love one another and then confess Jesus as Lord. Um, this one's about prayer, uh, and in some of our Bibles it talks about how it's effective prayer. Um, and uh, God, I, I just my prayer is that we can be people who are praying effectively, um, not our will but Your will. Um, and I pray, Lord, you'll you'll convict us of those things when we are selfish in our prayer. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, this morning, there are three things I just want you to remember. As you read First John, all right, uh, three things I want you to remember. As you read First John, as we go through these next few verses, is this, right, to keep in mind, 
right? Number one is that uh, John is writing to fellow followers of God, okay? He's not writing to, to random people on the street. He's writing to the church. He's writing to people who are eternally secured, who are sons and daughters of God. So uh, if you're in here and you're new and you're just like, man, uh, this stuff is going over my head, um, the truth is it will. Okay, and we'll, I'll do my best to explain that to you because John, okay, he's writing to people who claim to be believers, writing to people who claim to be mature believers, right, as some of you guys claim to be followers and lovers of Jesus. And so he is writing directly to them and is saying and reminding them of, hey, love each other, right? Here's what the love of God looks like. Extend that to each other, right? Um, confess that Jesus is Lord because you, you will know that, man, you belong to him, right? Don't continue in sin, right? Uh, confess your sin because Jesus is, is because God is, is, is faithful and just to forgive. Jesus died for you, right? All these things that are common sense, well, not so much common, but common knowledge as a believer, though that's the reason why you are a believer because... You accepted Jesus into your life and understand that he died and resurrected for you, right? Second, he says that John is combating uh, just false teaching, okay? Um, in, in particular, he's trying to help them understand that Jesus was not just a human, right? As some people, even today, uh, right, I, I think in Islam, right, they think of, they, they acknowledge Jesus, but they only acknowledge Jesus as a prophet and nothing more, Right? He was not God, but he was just a human prophet. Right? There are still teachings today where we get those things that go against the character of, of Jesus and his truth and all that he says. Right? In John 10.30, it says that the Lord and the, Lord and the Father, the, the Father and I are one. Right? It, Jesus is saying, I am, yes, I am human, but I am God also. And John is saying this, right? he is who he says he is. Don't listen to other religions. Don't listen to the other things that combat and go after the character of Jesus. And so John is trying to remind him and saying, look, remember, remember, Jesus is who he says he is. Don't fall into the false teachings. Right? And thirdly, I think we often forget this uh, about John. Okay, we often forget this about John, that John, right, was a true eyewitness. Okay, he was part of the original twelve. He was not just part of the 12. He was part of the three, the big three, okay? He was there on the mountain when they saw Jesus' faces shining, right? He was there at the garden when he saw Jesus sweating like it was drops of blood. He, he was there when he, saw Je when he saw Jesus just calling the tax, tax collector Matthew to follow him. John was there when, um, you know, Jesus spit on some mud and put it on some guy's face. And all of a sudden he, is, um, he could see a little bit and then he could see even more, right? He healed the blind, right? He touched lepers and all these things. John saw all these things happening. Right? He saw this right in, before his eyes. Right? He was, part of, he was the, part of the original who were casting out uh, a net and they were getting like two fish. And all of a sudden Jesus comes and says, man, just cast it out again. And they get a ton of fish. John was part of those miracles, the miracles of the 4,000 and the 5,000 and much more. If you read in the Gospel of John towards the end of his book, he said there's so much 
more that I could write about Jesus and all that he did in his three years. But I just want you to know one thing, that he is the savior of the world. This is the person that we get to read about, that John is saying, trust me. In verse 14, um, in verse 14 in chapter 5, he says this, this is the confidence we have before him. John is saying, trust what I am saying. This is the confidence we have before him. And he brings it into today's world. He says, this is the confidence we have before him, right? If, in, in verses uh, continue on in verse 14 and 15 says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we know that he hears whatever we ask, okay? We know that we have what we have asked of him. Let me read that again, right? This is the confidence that we have in him. This, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He listens to us. Trust me, I was there when I was praying to the Father to send the Savior. He actually did, and I saw him. He hears us. In verse 15, and it says, if we know that he hears whatever we ask, and we know uh, that we have what we have asked of him, right? John is simply saying, trust me, have confidence that Jesus hears you. Right. The, the confidence here is not this feeling that, man, I'm feeling confident, right? Um, I'm feeling confident. It's not this feeling. He, he's saying, I need you to know that you could speak openly to the Father. I need you to know that you can speak openly to God without reservation because he hears you. And not only this, not only does he just listen to you, right? He leans in and he leans in with a favorable outcome. Okay, so uh, imagine this, right? Let, let me kind of paint a picture. Uh, there's two people talking to me. One of them is my lovely, beautiful wife, right? She's talking to me and there's another person that comes in, some random, some random person, Right? The chances are I'm going to listen to the random person over my wife. No, that's, I'm kidding. Right? Uh, the chances are because of my wife, because I know she is my wife, because I know I belong to her, because I know she belongs to me, and I know right, much more about my wife than this random person, who am I going to listen to more? I'm going to listen to my wife. Right? I'm going to listen to my wife because she has gotten to know me. I've gotten to know her. I've, we've gotten to be intimate together, right, in, in many ways, right, and not just sexually. I'm talking about phys physically. That's the same thing. Um, right? I'm talking about emotionally, right. I'm talking about spiritually, right. I, I know her weaknesses. She knows my weaknesses, right. And, and so if she was to come to me and ask and speak openly and say things, who am I going to pay attention to more? I'm going to pay attention to my wife more and lean into what she is saying more than this random person, okay? And this is the same way what, what John is saying is, look, if you, this is the confidence that you have. You as a fellow believer, you as a disciple of Christ, I want you to know that when you pray, God is leaning in and he's saying, man, I want to answer what you are saying. I want to listen to what you are saying. 
You know why? Because if you belong to him, he, he knows that. And you should know that. As a follower of Christ, you should have confidence knowing I am a child of God and I know you are going to hear me, my father. Guys, as followers of Christ, um, you can speak and ask knowing God is truly listening to what you are saying with favor. Um, I can only imagine uh, what it was like to be John, right? Back in his day, um, you know, they're, they're literally, they're praying for a Savior. They're just like under oppression, and they're praying to God, and just like, God, we need, we need a warrior, right? We need some sort of warrior. Uh, not only that, like they were fishermen, so I'm, sh- I'm sure it wasn't the greatest. It's like working at Taco Bell or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, I guess Taco Bell has good payments now. I have no idea, right? And think of a lowly job, right? That's what they were doing, and they were just like, man, we've been fishing all stinking day, and we've only got two fish. And I got ten people in my family. How are we going to feed this family? And, and you can only imagine what John was doing th- that day and saying, God, I just, need, I, just need, I just need eight more fish. Just give me eight more. I'll be, I'll be glad with two more even if they're anchovies. Give me some anchovies, right? But as they're praying this, Jesus comes down to to the Sea of Galilee and says, just cast your nets, right? Imagine being John and having your prayers physically come to you, the person who was actually listening to you, and his prayers just being answered right off the bat. Just imagine as an eyewitness seeing the work of the Lord. And I want you guys to know we could see the same thing. We could see the same thing. We could see our prayers answered because God looks at them with favor. Here's what I don't want you uh, to hear me saying, okay? Um, I think we get prayer wrong in many ways. Uh, I I think we come... uh, at prayer selfishly, because we read this verse, right? We read this verse and say, man, God said, God said, if I ask of anything, he's going to give it to me, right? Now, if I ask for, a, like, if, if I ask for a million dollars, God is going to allow me to win a million dollars because I asked, right? You're setting up yourself for failure, right? First of all, God never promised he'll give you a million dollars, but he, he promised that he'll listen and he'll answer. Okay? And so here's a common mistake we make as, um, as believers. We treat God as if he was the genie from Aladdin. All right? We treat God as if the Bible is, the, is this lamp and, and when we open it, poof, the Holy Spirit is this blue thing. Right? And so... Uh, in a way, right, so we read the scripture and we say, man, God, you said you're going to answer anything that I want, uh, so therefore, please do that. You're setting up yourself for failure. You're setting up yourself for this. You're going to believe in this lie that God hates you because he has not answered any of your requests, right? You're just setting up yourself up for living for a God that is not of the Bible. Here. Here's what I want us to see, right? There's this key phrase, this key phrase uh, in verse 14 and 15, and it's this key phrase of according to his will, right? According to his will, if we ask anything, right, a lot of us will block out according to his will, 
right? And say, if he, we ask anything, he hears us, right? We tend to do that. We tend to do that in our lives. We tend to do all these, uh, we just tend to pray like that, right? Versus this, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. His will is much better than what we want, okay? This is the common mistake we make as believers is this, is that our wants often become what we think God's will is. Do do you get what I'm saying there? Our wants often become what we think God's will is. This is what we do as humanity. We know how to manipulate. We know how to get what we want. Okay? The world teaches you how to get what you want. All you need is a good credit score, then you could get this car. But then when you do get that car, you're $30,000 in debt. And then you feel like, God, why did you do that? No, you did that. You wanted the car. God allowed it to happen because you're not a cruel God. And, and here's the crazy thing is, right, if you're persistent, if you're persistent in asking God what you want, he, he might actually give it to you. Do you remember in the kings, right, when they were asking, God, give us a king just like those other nations who are terrible, who are worshiping these statues, right? Give us a king just like them, and then we will worship you, right? He gave them a king, and he gave them this notice. And he said, if you want a king over me, here's what the king's going to do. He's going to take your land. He's going to take your uh, daughters. He's going to take your sons. Not only that, he's going to tax you like crazy, and you're going to have have to serve him. Right? He will give you what you want. But what you want is not necessarily God's will. God's will, right? Though uncomfortable, it's the safest place to ever be. Man, I just I was just talking to Janine last night. I'm just like, man, I can't believe the Israelites are so dumb. They were in the wilderness. God provided for them every single step of the way. He gave them food. He gave them light. He gave them shelter. But they got impatient. They started to do things the way they wanted. They started to fall into sin. They, They started to praying to other gods because God was taking too long. Guys, when, when we pray, I pray we don't grow impatient. I pray we could stay in God's will, and I pray that we pray according to his will. You know what I, I've been praying for? Um, my wife and I have been praying for a house, and, you know, we could, we could ask family and say, hey, can you loan us some money so we could get a house, right? That would, I guess that would be one of the simple things to do, but... When I think about it, I'm like, that's not what God would want. Right? I, we, we could do it that way, but we'll just be in more debt. Or we could be patient. And maybe God will give us a house that we don't have to pay for. Imagine, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would literally be a God thing. But I want you to understand this, right? I want you to understand. When you are in God's will, right, God will show you he will answer your prayers in a way that you can only say, I cannot believe that God did this and answered it in this way. Because we were part of that. When it came down to the boiler, we were praying for this dumb grant, 
right? Jim would email every single morning. I would ask him, like, yo, did you hear from the grant yet? He'd be like, nah, they, they just sent this email. Uh, we're going to decide in two months. It's like we were putting so much hope in that versus, hey, God could just send someone and answer this thing. Right? When we readjusted to what God wanted, we saw God be God. We were able to be in his will. And it's the same thing, that what John is saying. Be confident in this, that God hears you. But don't put your want over what God's will is. Because your wants can get you in trouble. Your wants bring you temporary happiness for a moment. But God's will, you will remember all that he has done and all that he has answered. When I got the call to ministry, a lot of people ask me, uh, why do you want to become a pastor? Um, and I'll tell them, I'll tell them, I don't know, uh, whatever. I just felt like God's call was on my life. And so uh, right, my parents, um, if you know Asian parents, they want their kids to succeed. Doctors, nurses, whatever. Or go into business and be an accountant. Right? I did the exact opposite. Right? Um, I, I prayed this, God, if you want me to become a, someone in ministry, Please answer in a way no, no one else can. I applied to one school out of college, out of college, one school out of college, one school out of high school. Uh, I had no business getting into the school. Um, I'm sure some of your kids are not studious. I was not a studious kid, right? But I applied to the school anyway. Um, I went on a mission trip to the Philippines. I said, God, uh, if you're calling me into ministry, uh, please accept me into the school. Okay, there was, and you got to accept me into the school on this day. Then I will know that it is from you. Okay, I, then I will know that it is from you. Right, two o'clock in the Philippines, my youth pastor wakes me up and he shakes the bed. He's like, yo, 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 I got something to tell you. Your mom emailed me. I'm like, first of all, why is my mom up at 2 a.m., right? <laughs> but it's 2 p.m. right here, uh, and she says, you got, into, you got accepted into the school, uh, and all I could do was just say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? It was, it was undeniable. When you are in God's will, when you are praying according to his will, it is undeniable, and you will know you are in God's will, and so um, Here's the second point, right? The ultimate goal of praying to God is to commune with God and understand what he wants. Right? Oftentimes we look at prayer as saying, God, here's what I want. Right? But what John is saying, look, I want you to look at prayer right, according to his will. You could pray for what you want. But you could also say, God, if none of these things that I'm praying for line up with your will, please show me. Say no. Say no, and, and, and let me pray for what you want. Right? When Janine and I got married, and I'm sure a lot of married people understand this, right? Your wants completely change. Right? When I was single, I wanted a motorcycle. And I still do. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> right? And I'm asking Janine, please, 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 I want a dang motorcycle, Right? Uh, but if, if my wife, right, if she shares her concerns, if she s talks to me and shares, this is why I don't want this, right, what is my goal, right, is to love on my wife, to 
sacrifice what I want for, for what truly what is more safe, right? So I could live a longer life and be with my wife and, and future kids one day. Right? It's the same way. When you pray to the Lord, right, he'll reveal if some of your wants line up with his, his will, and that's a good thing. Okay, and um, it, I had this, I, I just want, like, imagine, like, you guys have, some of you guys have kids. Uh, imagine your kid going up to you and saying, hey, um, for Christmas, all right, I want two packs of cigs, and I want a 24-pack 20, of a beer. And not only that, right, they kind of, like, they, they kind of cover it up with, can you give me a $10 Planet Fitness membership? Right? Really good. And as a parent, you're probably thinking, okay, okay, uh, they're going to do the cigs, have fun with them. They're going to drink some beers, have fun with them. They're actually going to be safe with the, with the beer too. Right? You start, to, you start to think in your mind, like you, you think this, this, your child knows what they're doing. Right? And then on top of that, the, the cherry on top, right, is that little Planet Fitness thing. So after they do the, whatever debauchery they're going to do, they're going to go to Planet Fitness and get ripped. So you know what? I am going to give that to them for Christmas. Right? No. Right? You as a parent understand, man, that could do more harm than good. You as a parent understand, like, you could, you could step back and say, I get you want to have fun, but this, is, this could be very dangerous. The chances of you using your Planet Fitness um, <laughs> card after you do all those things are very slim to none. Right? You ever see those memes? First day of uh, first day of the gym of, of January first, right? Super pack. Second day is gone. Is done, right? But th- this is the same way. Like I feel like that's what we do to the Lord. We say, God, I want this, 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 this for Your glory. But in reality, in it's deep down inside our heart, we know what we want, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, think of students praying for their their husband and their wife, right? If you're single, you get impatient. And you just settle. My hope is that you don't. That you stay in God's will and you wait for who God has for you. Okay. Lastly, uh, well, there's there's another thing. I, I I want you to know that God's will, you 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 can know it, right? There's hidden will. There's God's hidden will. Where in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine it says this, right? For the hidden things belong to the Lord. But there are things clearly stated in God's word that are very clear for His will for us. And so here's a here's a list of them. I'm not going to spend too much time on them, but I'm going to run through them. So if you could put the put that list up, Caleb. Um, so here's God's reveal will for us, right? Do good works, right? Bearing good fruit. Do good works, bearing good fruit. Right? Secondly, flee from sexual sin. Flee from sexual sin. Have some self-control. Do you realize as a human, as a follower of Christ, you could actually have self-control. You do not need to fall into every urge of temptation. You could actually say no. Secondly, give thanks in everything, in every single little thing. You could say, you get in a car car accident right after this, I hope and pray you don't. You could say, God, thank you for protecting us. Thank you for us not getting hurt, right? You could say those things. In In the bad times, you could thank the Lord. 
right? Work hard, treat those uh, under you well, right? Treat those under you well. Excel in everything. Do you realize God, like, he likes excellence. He likes that. So do, in everything that you do, try to do it excellently for the Lord, right? Carry each other's burdens. Love each other, right? Uh, Do not, do stop. Don't stop meeting together, right? Share the gospel. These are, these are just simple things that God is saying, hey, hey, this is my will for you as a follower of Christ. Here's, here it is. Right? You're, you're, you're praying for this big thing. While you're praying for that big thing, why don't you do some of these things? Verses 16 and 17, right? We saw in verses 14 and 15, we saw how personal it was, right? Praying according to God's will. And here's the outward portion of this prayer. He says this, if anyone sees a fellow believer committing a sin that doesn't lead to death, he should ask, right? And God will give life to him to those who commit sin that doesn't lead to death. For all of us, right, wondering what that sin leading to death, right, it could be rejecting the Lord forever, every single day of your life. Right? Remember, people in hell do not regret their decision of rejecting the Lord. Okay? Hell is for people who don't want to follow Jesus. They will do it till their deathbed. That is the sin leading to death, right? Um, and I, I want you guys to know, in verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin that leads to death. Right? I, I just want you to know that all sin leads to death. There's no sin that is worse than another. All sin will lead to death. And if you persist in it, if you are in a, a habitual a lifestyle of, of living, okay, in sin, right, it's going to lead to your death. Okay, do you realize you can actually, again, you could have self-control and not choose sin. That's what Jesus on the cross did for us. He gave us victory. He gave us this message of victory. He gave us this message that we can accept and live by. Um, I just want you to notice something here. If you could put back verse 16, right, where it says, if anyone sees a fellow believer committing a sin that doesn't lead to death, he should ask. Right? Uh, the church often does very well to shoot each other. I'm so sorry for that that image, but we often do really well to talk each other down, right? What the scripture is saying is this, right? He's saying, if you see someone caught in sin, pray for them. Here's what it's not saying. If you see someone in sin, right? If, if you saw, um, right, if you saw uh, just Chris at the bar, right? You saw Chris at the bar, um, and all of a sudden, right, Evan sees Chris at the bar, and he's like, yo, is that Chris? Is that Chris? Dang, he just took 10 shots? Okay. Uh, right? Oh, now, now he's on the wall? He's on the wall? He's being a wallflower and being grinded on? Oh, my gosh. Right? And all of a sudden, Evan becomes this detective, right? He follows Chris, and Chris gets in a car with another woman, and they go to this house, and Chris is like, uh, and Evan's like, oh, snap. I know what happens next. And then he Sunday morning comes around. He's like, yo, I just saw Chris at the bar. Guess what happened? He did this, 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 this. Right? That is not what John is saying. 
Here's what John is saying. If you saw that dude caught in sin, immediately I want you to pray for him. I don't want you to talk to anybody else. I don't want you to gossip. I don't want you to slander. I want you to pray for him. Man, that is a practice that is really hard to do. We love to talk down on people. Right? We love hearing the gossip. We love hearing the, the, the people fail for some reason. But what John is saying is like, don't do that. Man, do you realize that person could be in hell forever? Can you just please pray for him? Can you please pray for him? Guys, um, if you're sitting here, right, the, the last few verses, it says this. Starting in verse uh, 19, I think. It says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin, but the one who is born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. We are in the true one, right? We are in the true one, right? That is in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God, eternal and eternal life, Little children, guard yourself from idols. If you're sitting here, right, and you are in this, stuck in this cycle of sin, um, I want to encourage you, if you feel that, that shame, that guilt when you do commit sin, I want to encourage you and say that, that stinks, but that's a good thing. Because, because God, the Holy Spirit in you is residing in you and is saying, hey, I need you to repent of what you are doing. Because you are of me. Because you are my son. You are my daughter. I need you just to stop. I need you choose, to choose not to sin. You want to know one of my personal prayers? Right? One of my personal prayers is this, is that God, I pray I never grow numb to sin. I pray I will feel the weight and the guilt of when I hurt you. But I don't want to stay there. And in that moment, it's an opportunity for me to turn away from my sin and say, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. And if you got that feeling in, that, in your heart and the spirit is saying, dude, you got to turn to me. You got to turn to me. Man, that says something about, about your relationship with the Lord. Don't persist in sin. Choose victory. Choose Christ. Choose him. Right? You know that shame and that guilt you feel? Right? Now you get a little glimpse of what Jesus did on the cross and the weight and the, and the guilt that he was carrying. He took that. He wants to take that from you. That's what ultimately he did on the cross so that you can feel that weightless freedom and enjoy him in life now and eternally. My personal prayer is that, man, I never feel right, numb to sin. And my prayer for you guys is that, man, we never grow numb to sin. Church, um, I pray that we are a church that will pray for God's will.
that your will will line up with God's will. You could go to the next slide. Next one. Right, this is a challenge I want for us right now. And is that I pray that we will take some time to pray to God for your wants to line up with his will. Right, secondly, pray for someone that is stuck in sin. We all know someone who is stuck in sin. Pray for them. And lastly, if there's anything in your heart where you're just like, man, I don't know if I repented of this yet. I don't know if I asked God for forgiveness. My prayer is that you do that today. Is that you do that today. Um, going back to Luke uh, 22, 42, I want you to notice something. Right? Is that Jesus, Jesus says this. Before he was betrayed, before he was going to go on the cross, right? Judas betrayed the dude, right? Before he was about to be arrested and flogged, Jesus says this. He's saying, Father, if you are willing, if you are willing, take this cup from me, right? Take this suffering from me, right? If there is another way to save the people that you love, that I love, right? Take it away from me and let's do it a different way. But he says, nevertheless, nevertheless. The last, not my will, but yours be done. Right? And so, before the worship team comes up here, I want to give us a few minutes to do those three things. You can put the list back up. Right? I'm going to give a few minutes just to pray through those three things. Um, and then the worship team will come up, and I'll, I'll, I'll pray for us. The worship team will come up, and we'll sing one more song. All right? So let's do that right now. Take some time. Commune before the Lord.